I'm Spencer Austin. And I'm Candace Austin. She's the pretty one. And he's the uh, other one. Oi! We are... 360honeymoon.com Welcome, welcome, welcome to this, the very first inaugural debut podcast from www.360honeymoon.com. Hello from me, I'm Spencer Austin. Hello from me, I'm Candace Engelbrecht. I mean... (laughs) We got married uh, a a month ago. (laughs) I'd have thought... uh, I feel a bit broken by that. I haven't changed my name just yet. Not legally anyway. (laughs) So... In this episode, we're going to be talking about how you can experience South African wildlife in a seriously affordable way. But we're not actually in South Africa now. So we got married in South Africa about five, six weeks ago. But we're now sitting in a wholly grubby hotel in San Francisco because we've started our journey through the Americas. I don't think we should name the hotel. Um, Maybe. Yeah, do it, do it. No, I'm not going to. Perhaps keep a track on TripAdvisor and you might see it. It's, it's, it's a, well, we've been woken at various hours. It's weird because when you're in a toilet, you have to fend people off by, they knock on the door to see if you're in there and you say yes to say you are in there, <laughs> no matter what stage you're at in yeah. your procedure. <laughs> in any case, so we're in San Francisco at the moment. We'll talk a bit more about our journey later, but this particular episode is about South Africa, where we got married. But before we get on to that, we ought to explain who we are, really. Yeah, I think that'd be fair. So 360honeymoon.com is, is named that because we produce 360 videos on our long honeymoon, which is going to be about a, a, a year long from New York all the way down to Patagonia and perhaps Antarctica. Oh, hopefully. So, Candice, tell us exactly who you are, please. Okay, so my name's Candice Engelbrecht. Oh, damn it, Austin. And, um, yeah, I was born in Zimbabwe, Harare. Moved to the UK in 99, which is where I studied to be a beauty therapist, which then led on to becoming a makeup artist in TV and film and fashion. Met Spencer in South Africa 2011, doing a safari guiding course because I needed a break from the usual life. And yeah, exactly five years to the day after we first met, we got a flight to New York to begin our honeymoon. Yeah, weird, isn't it? So introducing me, I'm a television producer from London's trendy Walthamstow. Wasn't trendy when I grew up there, I can tell you that for nothing. So I've been freelancing in the TV industry for the last 20 years. We have just decided to jet off. We're going to try and sustain ourselves for as long as we can on the road. But who knows? We need your help. (laughs) We need tips, advice, anything on the places we're about to go to. Yeah, definitely, please. So what we wanted to talk about was how travelling to South Africa to see wildlife needn't be as expensive as you might think it is. I don't know, people seem to have this vision that uh, you have to go to a five-star hotel and spend loads of money on safaris and everything, and actually not at all. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you do a bit of it yourself and you don't need to be afraid, which we'll explain soon. Okay, so here's, here's the sort of guide to how we did it. You don't obviously have to do exactly that, but... We can, and we can only talk from what we've done. We got a flight into Joburg. So I think we paid about... I think it was about 480 wasn't 480 it? pounds. Some people paid a bit more than that. Some people paid less than that. Oh, but that was for direct, for direct to Joburg, yeah. Which is probably advisable. I don't know, you can get... Yeah, please do you direct. Can get cheaper deals, but you can always check on the, on the skyscanner.com, cheapflights.co.uk, which is where we got ours. But mm. just, just make sure you search everywhere to get... A decent flight if you want direct probably i would say book early because you just don't know what the, if it seems like a decent price just go for it a decent price is probably anything under 500 pounds really um i've paid seven over 700 before 
where I, I just booked too late. So because you was a mug and you got proper ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Here's where normal people might go with a package. We hired a car, and I know that sounds sort of scary because everyone thinks they're going to get carjacked, which we can't say isn't going to happen, but that could happen anywhere, really. But if you want to do wildlife, the odds are that you'll get to Johannesburg Airport, hire a car, and never see the city centre. I I lived there for six months and have travelled there three or four times and have never even seen the centre of Johannesburg. For wildlife purposes, you can hire a car, get straight out the airport and hit the road off towards Kruger National Park without even seeing all the places where apparently you're going to get carjacked. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that's scaremongering. I was, you know, I was born and raised in Africa and never really, never had an issue. So I'd say go for it. Don't be afraid. Hiring a car, there's a couple of complexities there. I've always used this company called Argus. It's one of those sort of search engines where it goes looking for prices, just like Skyscanner might with flights. They come up and the way they format it is that they present to you all of your options. Now, the, the options that you need to be aware of are firstly price, obviously, but what that price gives you because some of them will offer different things on petrol, for example, or gas for Americans. The the deal that you want is full to full. So you bring the car back full up completely, because if if, if they give you half a tank of gas and say you have to bring half a tank of gas back, you're likely to overshoot and spend more money. The other thing is unlimited mileage. We got stung a bit on this before, because I thought I'd done unlimited mileage, but in the small print, actually it wasn't, and we had 2,000 mile limit which uh, we went over and that cost us more money. Yeah, definitely go unlimited, then you don't ever have to think about it. Just make sure you check in the small print. So what we did then, we drove to Marloth Park. Now, Marloth Park is probably about six hours east of Johannesburg. So you head towards Nelspreit. Now, there's, there's various reasons why this place is a little bit special. Yeah, I mean, I went there a few years ago with family before our wedding. And it's just absolutely beautiful. You've got, um, it's not a big five area. So there's just antelope and the herbivores roaming about. Um, They're quite tame as well, which is great. So you can buy some feed from the local shops and they'll all come and eat from your hand. And yeah, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful, isn't it? It's weird. The first day that we got there, I was feeding zebras by hand. Yeah. And these are things that you've only ever seen in zoos, or even if you go to, to Kruger Park, you'll see them in the distance or, you know, not a little bit away from your car. You're actually feeding these things by hand. Yeah. It's just astonishing seeing these things up close. You've got big, slovery old lips of a, <laughs> of a zebra taking food out of your palm. Yeah, my favourite one was the kudu. If you're not sure what a kudu is, please Google it. It's the most beautiful antelope with big, massive curly horns Um yeah, I mean, the males are quite shy, but once they come up to you and feed from your hand, it's it's a really amazing experience. So Marloth is a self-contained park that doesn't have any predators in, so you're not going to get eaten in there, but it, it's right on the border of, of the Kruger. Now, you can hire whole houses for reasonable prices. If you go on a site, it's called Safari Now, you can look through your dates and it will tell you and how many people, and it will tell you what properties are available. What we did, though... Uh, did exactly that found out the properties we liked and then googled the properties and went straight to the owners and um, obviously you're going to get a slightly better price because they're not being surcharged by safari now sorry safari now and also it's quite a good way because then you speak to the actual owners and obviously you get a bit of a bit of trust between each other it works out really really cheap if you've got 10 people i think 100 pounds a person for two weeks have a look 
you'll you'll see that it's 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 really cost effective. The more people go, obviously as well, you'll be able to get a bigger house. If if you actually are thinking of doing this, by all means, email us at three sixty honeymoon at gmail dot com, and we we can give you some direction. So if you're staying in Milos, you're not going to stay in for in the whole of your two weeks or however long you're going to be there. You're not going to just stay in the park all that time. So Kruger National Park is north of you and just half an hour's drive from Marloth Park. Now, if you've seen documentaries like Africa with David Attenborough and everything, a lot of wildlife documentaries are shot in Kruger National Park. It's absolutely... What, how big is it? It's enormous. It's like the size of Wales, apparently. Um, mm. it is, it's a really big safari park. I'd like to be able to say how many football pitches that is because that's the standard sort of I don't of know we'll have to analogy. google that quickly google it no, can't, <laughs> can't be bothered um, <laughs> it's massive so Kruger National Park you, you would have thought that you'd need to take sort of organised tours or safaris into there but that's not the case you just go in your hire car you get to the gate it costs uh, I think it's 280 rand which works at the moment out to about 11 pounds or 14 dollars and you've got access to the park for the entire day you just drive around you get a map you can buy yourself a map and you can just direct yourself through the dirt roads or the main roads, stick to the limits and just go and seek out wildlife. Yeah, and guys, that's actually a fair point. Definitely stick to the speed limits. Um, I got caught out once. You're supposed to leave the park by, is it 5.30? It varies according to the season. Oh, okay, varies according to the season, but generally it's about 5.30, 6 o'clock. And um, yeah, I almost missed the gate timing and you get a fine. And so, of course, I thought I'd be clever in speed because you don't think there's going to be any speed cameras in a safari park. And, yeah, I got got quite a big fine. I think it was about a thousand rand or something silly. And so. put into prison for five years. <laughs> yeah. So, really, do stick to the speed limit. Also, because of the safety of the animals, you could have a lion suddenly walk in the road. Obviously, you don't want to run him over. Imagine so. the guilt of that. Oh, it'd be awful. You'd, it'd be the new <laughs> Cecil. You'd, 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 have, you'd have killed the, the Cecil. Okay, of, this was a long time ago. Why did you do that? I know. So there's there's no real kind of secret to going and finding animals. It's kind, I mean, I'm sure a lot of safari guides will say this particular area is good for leopards and everything, but it all comes down to luck when it comes to it. It's, and you've got, you've got to remember this is not a zoo. You don't just turn up and expect to see lions, you know, marauding, killing impalas left, right and centre. It's actually more difficult than that, which makes it, I think, more rewarding when you do actually find them. Yeah, I mean, you can just get lucky at any point because it is wildlife and they can be anywhere. I've probably been into Kruger Park, must be around about 30 times, and I've seen a leopard. Actually, I've never seen a leopard in Kruger Park. Yeah, he's got bad luck because <laughs> I've been into Kruger, well, probably about the same amount of times as you, and I've probably seen about five Ooh. Yeah, at least five. Ooh, 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 ooh. Maybe six, seven. Oh, yeah, but you just, you know, that's not true. No, it is true. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to see the big five to have a great day. We were looking for hyenas. There's yeah. a particular road we knew there's a hyena den, and we saw them once, and they're all wriggling around in the dirt, and it's amazing. So we went back there, and they weren't there. But we happened to run into some, not literally, some Veru's eagle owls which are these massive, massive owls with these huge pink lids. And they were sitting in a tree, two of them, just by the side of the road. And because it was a dirt road, there's some dirt roads, there's some tarmac roads. The dirt roads tend to be a little bit more remote. There was no one else around. And we had these two owls sitting there hooting away to ourselves for about 20 minutes. Yeah, that was really beautiful. 
Yes, you just never know what you're going to come across. Like even just small things, we we found we came across a leopard tortoise. And even the sort of the most basic things become a privilege. You know, some of the small birds like like the rollers with the lilac-breasted rollers. When you see them, you'll just think it's the most exotic-looking bird. They're so beautiful, so colourful. But so common. But they're so they're common. Everywhere. When you when you're in South Africa for a long time, you realise they're common. But that doesn't matter when you're there for the first time or even the. 20th time you know it's yeah. still and the crested barbets which i always thought were like the punk rockers of the of the bushveld for those of you who love lion king they've got lots of zazus there mm. <laughs> everybody loves a zazu um and you see one you think oh look at that look at that and then about the hundredth time because they're literally everywhere like pigeons <laughs> well no i mean we didn't see that many this on this Not trip this so time. it does depend again maybe they're in decline Oh, I hope not. Save Zazu. <laughs> and the baboons. And yeah, just it's just awesome. Yeah, You've got to do there's it. There's so much more to it than the big five. I actually find some of the big five, like the buffaloes, I find them a bit dreary. You know, once you've seen them once or twice, unless they're stampeding. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who aren't sure who the what the big five is, um, it's five of the most dangerous animals to hunt, basically, in Africa. And that's how they got their name. Um, there's the lion, the leopard, the buffalo elephant and oh god what's the other one it's rhino is it rhino yeah rhino of course it is rhino rhino Hmm. so when you're in kruger park there's plenty of places to go to eat and stuff you just have to find your way to the rest camps and thankfully nowadays they've been uh, well a lot of them have been sold off or franchised out to some of the bigger chains who bring decent food because before sand parks who the sort of governing body that runs it used to make their own food and it was atrocious so there's some really nice rest parks and that brings us to the point um, of where you go now because it's so big you kind of want to get to all the ends because you get different animals at different ends of it so in the north you'll see a different array of birds and mammals and um, and terrain than you would do in the south but when you're standing at uh, Marloth and you've got to be out of the park you don't necessarily get particularly far. So what you can do, you can stay in accommodation within the park um, and over a, over a number of days you can work your way north or south, whichever way you're coming, across the park and staying at different rest camps. There's various different types of accommodation from little huts or rondevels or you can take your own tent and just camp, which I loved. There's a rest camp called Tatara where you camp and you can camp right next to the fence and unfortunately people tend to feed the hyenas who are nearby so the hyenas still come around and expect to be fed Um, for the people who love to see them up close it's great because they come literally to the fence and sit like dogs waiting to be fed it's not great for the hyenas because they end up getting too familiar to the humans become a problem and they get put down so it's a double-edged sword that one for those of you that might be a bit nervous of wildlife within the kruger these rest camps have got fences up so you're not actually out in the open you know for the animals to get to you or anything um it's completely safe you can walk around you can go to the showers you can do what you want it's not there's no reason to be worried within the rest camps i mean you've also got quite luxurious safari tents which are pretty cool to stay in it sounds like a an actual tent but it's not it's more of a it's more of a permanent structure with a canvas sort of basis to it um there's a particular with a shower and a, everything yeah it's got everything it's they're, they're really comfortable and really nice. it feels really exotic when you're in them mm. The only, the only thing that you, I would personally would worry about, and I know you're going to tell me off of this, is that um, be careful of elephants. Oh, of, spence. Oh, but all of the animals, but, none of the animals are 
even lions, lions are not interested in you, especially during the day when the time that you're allowed into the park. They'll only um, be interested in you if you get out of your car. Please don't get out of your car. Don't, yeah, it's, it's actually illegal. <laughs> it's illegal to get out of the car. Lions are only really active at night time. So when you see them during the day, they're, they're just lethargic and just rolling around. But elephants, I, I think they're very crabby. And what are they, roll vehicles? You know? So only when people do silly things. Mm. Um, with elephants... Again, it's just like anything in, with nature. You've got to respect them, respect their distance. If you come up to elephants um, and you see them crossing the road, just let them cross. Don't don't cross their path, basically. Don't stop your car in the middle of where you see them walking. People get lulled into this idea that this is some sort of zoo and they can do what they want. And actually, elephants, you've really got to give them a bit, bit more respect and distance. Okay, so let's... Imagine that you did manage to get out of Kruger Park on time and you're not trapped in the park. There's other things that you can do around the area. We got in our hire car and drove north to um, what's called the Panorama Route. The Panorama Route is really beautiful, actually. So generally, what people say is that the Panorama Route starts in Grasscop and with Harry's Pancakes, which is an odd way to start anything. But um, Harry's Pancakes is a cafe that's very famous for Guess what? Pancakes. It's pancakes. It does all <laughs> sorts of savoury, sweet pancakes. They're nice. They're nice enough. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't rave on about it, but we've had good experiences there, so it's, it's we're very probably nice biased. Food. Very nice local coffee, which is a little bit like sort of mud drained into a cup, <laughs> um, which I quite like. I like the rusticness of that. Yeah, it's fine food, and it's a nice enough town. They um, also have Harry's chocolate, don't they? Is that is that them? It was right next door, wasn't it? Something like that. There was there's the chocolate shop next to it. Oh no, Harry's Biltong. Oh, Harry's Biltong. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what Biltong is, it's oh, eat meters out there. <laughs> <laughs> eat meters. Hey, you eat meter. Would you like a steak? <laughs> meat eaters out there unfortunately spence and i don't really delve into that no, we don't delve into it at all <laughs> or indulge in it oh no i think the wine's hitting i'm um, supposed to know we're drinking wine right. <laughs> yeah anyway for the meat eaters um biltong is a dried out meat i can't do it anymore it's a dry it's a meat dried like it's got hair dryers pointing at it for I don't know, three and a half weeks. I don't know how, how long they do it for, but it basically turns it into this leather that you chew. Um, so we drove, we, we headed for Hoodsprate. It's incredibly scenic. You you climb for ages and you get to a place called God's Window. Now here's the big tip. Everybody heads for God's Window and does this ridiculous journey up to the top of it to see nothing but haze, generally. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure some people do see Mozambique, <laughs> um, but I've been up there four or five times and never seen anything other than my own hand. Yeah, same here. I mean, it is beautiful up there. Don't get us wrong. It, it, and it is a nice little hike if you want some exercise, but it's by no means the most beautiful view I've ever seen. But having said that, if you drive a little bit along the panorama route, you get much better better views. If you just keep heading further north, you see other viewpoints, which in my opinion are much better. You're basically heading towards the three rendezvous, which is a sensational view across these um, yeah. across these rocks that look like rendezvous. Rendezvous are, I assume, South African in origin. Maybe they're Dutch, I don't know. But they're basically round little buildings and these uh, rock formations look like those. But it looks out across an incredible valley. Yeah, it does. Um, also, you'll see some um, local people selling 
uh, items that they've made or paintings that they've made and stuff. If you want to get um, South African trinkets to take home, definitely buy from these people on the side of the road because, y you know, you can buy exactly the same thing in the airport. You can buy it um, in some of the shops in the Kruger, but you're going to pay double, triple the price. More than that, even 10 times. Even 10 times the price of what these people are selling it for. And the thing is, you know, you're going to help them out because they, they don't have a lot of money. So definitely you say that you probably see them getting in their jag <laughs> no 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 they don't and so yeah definitely support these these guys on you'll, the side you'll of the find road these little um stalls at each of the stops on the panorama route so there's god's window there's burke's potholes there's mac mac falls berlin falls there's a few waterfalls as well and at each of them you're almost actually i mean i'm not so keen on it but it's all right you get funneled past these stalls selling all of the locally crafted trinket stuffs and you do get given the, the kind of please buy this sort of stuff and you kind of feel a little bit obliged but I don't mind because it's it's some of it's kind of nice and and you want to help them out yeah and I mean when you convert it back to what you're actually paying in your own currency it's just ridiculous mm. um, and some of it's absolutely beautiful so yeah, buy and from them. Some of it's a load of old toot. Some of it's toot, yeah, so. don't bother with the toot. <laughs> <laughs> so as you keep going north, um, you get to Hoodsbrate. It's kind of the gateway to a lot of the, the safari lodges, so people can fly into Hoodsbrate actually from Johannesburg and they get picked up in safari vehicles and given, given the whole service. But we weren't there for that. We um, we went to the Lurie Guest Lodge, which um, was kind of like one of, uh, uh, like an American motel, really. It was actually really nice. We weren't expecting much because it was quite well priced and everything. Thirty pounds a night. I don't know what it is in dollars, but that's what it came to about fifteen pounds per person per night for a huge double room. Yeah, with the ensuite shower and toilet, and there was swimming a swimming pool, pool and yeah. yeah, I mean it was actually pretty good. A bit rough around the edges. But, you know, you're not there for that, really. You're not there to spend time in the hotel. You want to get out and about, which is what we did. So from there, we went to see the world-famous Jessica Hippo. Yeah, Jessica Hippo's awesome. I've been to see her probably about five times because she was washed down the river during a flood when she was first born. So she still had the umbilical cord attached and everything. Um, so, yeah, they obviously didn't want to let this little hippo die and they hand raised her. And so now she's half human, half hippo. She... Not, not literally. That, <laughs> that would be horrendous. No, literally. <laughs> so she... she They've had to um, replace, I think they said, 15 beds because she's obviously... She comes into the house at night time and she used to get onto the bed. She's probably too big now. They've had to replace numerous kitchen counters because she jumps up to get the food. So she's... She's she, like she, a dog. Yeah, she's almost like a dog. Um, so you can go and see her. I think it costs about 75 rand, which probably comes to about three or four pounds. Um, it's so cheap and it's, it's just, just one of these to help experiences. feed her really isn't it yeah it's one of yeah. these experiences that you just never forget yeah then they take you down to the jetty don't they and mm. she she puts her head on the jetty and he lets you go one by one to stroke her and give her some food and things like that you um, stroke her top lip and then throw some sweet potato in her mouth yeah that's pretty much all you do um if you're a woman the dad of her <laughs> tony he allows you to give her a kiss on her nose mm. um he doesn't let the the men do it i did it once though when oh. Tony wasn't there. Cool. She's she's a happy hippo because at the end of the day, if she wasn't happy, she would have eaten Tony and Shirley up by now. She's ginormous. Yeah. Um, she can walk herself into the Kruger 
Um, she goes along the river into the Kruger still, Park. Yeah, she still m- meets with. She still the other meets hippos. with other hippos, so she lives basically free, except for she's the luxuries a, she's a of the human pet. Basically, yeah, she is. She's yeah. sort of yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works for in for tax purposes. <laughs> uh, I expect she gets some sort of um, compensation for her work freelancing. Activities, freelancing. <laughs> she probably gets a lower rate for that. Yeah, good for her. Now here's here's a place. There's lots of things to do around Hoodsprate, but the one thing that we really loved was there's a lodge, one of the original lodges in the area called Shakudu. Most lodges will be able to organise what what they call a morning walk for you. So you turn up at the crack of sparrows, probably about sort of five o'clock in the morning, and it's a walk out into the bush. The guide has always got a gun, but Shakudu is is slightly different in that it's not just you walking out into the bush looking for impalas with a guy with a gun. Yeah, you get um, one of the cheetahs or two of the males to come and join you for this two-hour walk. I mean, how amazing. Uh, they just follow you along. Sometimes they'll go go off on their own and, and you won't see them, but then the guide will, will whistle and they'll come running and come come back to the group. Um, yeah, it's amazing. You get you can stroke them and they purr just like, just like a cat, louder than a cat. It's a, it's a beautiful it, thing. What's what's really bizarre about it is that you're walking along and Tombi, which is the female um, cheetah that, that joined us on our walk, so she was with us at the start and she's purring and everyone's stroking her and having pictures taken. Then she sort of scarpered off and we carried on walking. And then suddenly out of nowhere, she just comes and joins us. So she goes off on little runs and likes to come back to us and lays down and gets stroked again, purrs, and yeah. then runs off. And then we, we'll be walking along again and you feel something rub up against your leg and it's and Tombi is just rejoined and just like a, any sort of house cat just sort of pushes her head up against your leg. It's really, really odd. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, cheetahs are one of the only big cats that you can tame to this degree. Lions you can tame to a certain age and then generally you need to let them go because they become a little bit too strong and too, you know, up for eating you. Um, but cheetahs are one of the big cats that you can actually do this with. So it's an amazing experience. You've got to experience it. So that's as far as it goes. That's our Marloth adventure and as much as we can tell you about it. Um, if, if you would like to know anything else or if you'd like to actually see some of this stuff, we do have a YouTube video. If you go onto our YouTube channel, 360 Honeymoon, you'll see a video called Our Top 5 South African Bush Experiences. Just some of the stuff that we shot in South Africa and Spence put it all together to make this video about the top five experiences in the South African bush. So that's it for the inaugural, the debut episode of 360 honeymoons podcast hope it's been of some informational value to you we're going to carry on drinking red wine now yes do follow us we're on twitter and facebook and instagram and soundcloud and all of which can be reached via the conduit of www.360honeymoon.com you can contact us 360honeymoon at gmail.com 360 obviously in numbers So we're leaving San Francisco in two days' time, and that's when we hire a car. I haven't driven in America for years, and I'm a bit nervous about it. I can't remember how it works. I'm scared. Um, So we're heading down to San Diego, where we will get out of the car again um, via a couple of beaches and head over the border into Baja, California, and therewith our Mexican adventure begins. We'll be in Mexico for about a month before heading into Costa Rica, Do keep track of us at www.360honeymoon.com. I've been Spencer Austin. And I've been Candace Austin. 
got the surname right. Well I done. know, for yeah. once. Goodbye.